Hello, and welcome to the Carter Report and Focus on Prophecy. Bible prophecy teaches that we're living at the very end of time and that Jesus Christ is going to come back very, very soon. Now, Bible prophecy also says that before Jesus returns, God in His tremendous mercy sends a great warning message to the human race. That message is an amazing message. It talks about the mark of the beast, the image of the beast, the coming world boycott. And listen, friend, if there's any message you ought to understand, it is that message. Therefore, I would like to invite you to come downtown with me to Los Angeles to the Shrine Auditorium and be part of this great presentation on the last international sign before Armageddon. Welcome today to the Carter Report and focus on Bible prophecy. Prophecy. It's used to peer into the future, but it must be learned from the past. The Carter Report presents Focus on Prophecy. From the Shrine Auditorium in downtown Los Angeles, John Carter unravels the mysteries of Bible prophets and brings modern meaning to this ancient book. And now, John Carter. Now there's something very important that you've got to know today about the good news about Jesus. That is this. The death of Jesus Christ was unlike the death of any other man who has ever lived and died. The Bible says that this Jewish man who was more than a man, more than a man, the very Son of God, the Bible says that in some way that you and I can never fully understand, Jesus Christ, when He went to the cross, became our Savior. And He bore our sin. And the Bible says, if you and I come to Jesus, and if we believe in Jesus, Jesus will take away our fear. Jesus will take away our hate. Jesus will take away our racism. Jesus will take away our ugliness and our meanness. And Jesus will put peace inside us. You hear this? Now listen to me. Back in New York City, which I think is just the greatest city in the world, there was a Christian man going through Central Park. He was pretty game, but he was walking through Central Park without a flak jacket on. And as he went along, he came upon some little boys, and those little boys had a cage. And in the cage, they had some sparrows. And this man said, boys, what have you got there? And they said, oh, nothing you'd be interested in. We've just got a little bunch of sparrows. And this man said to them, what are you going to do with them? Oh, they said, we're just going to play with them. And when you're through playing with them, what are you going to do with them? Oh, said the little boys, when we're through playing with them, we're going to kill them. And the man said, will you sell them to me? Oh, they said, they're only sparrows. <laughs> you wouldn't want sparrows. He said, I want them. And so... They worked out a price, $20, which included the cage, and the man walked down until he came to, a, uh, to a, an area where it was clear in Central Park, and he opened up the side of the cage, and he tapped on the side, and the little birds flew up into the sky, and as they flew up into the sky, they were singing, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Now, listen, somebody heard about this story, 
And they made a parable out of it. Thousands of years ago, Jesus was traveling through the universe. And he came upon a world. And on the world there was Lucifer. And Lucifer had a cage in his hand. And the cage was filled with people. And Jesus said, what have you got there, Lucifer? He said, I've got a cage of stinking sinners. And Jesus said, what are you going to do with them, Lucifer? He said, I'm going to play with them, Christ. And Jesus said, when you're through playing with them, Lucifer, what are you going to do with them? He said, I'm going to kill them. And Jesus said, will, will you sell them to me? Lucifer said, you don't want them, not worth anything. They're mean. They take drugs. They're self-righteous. They fight each other. They're bitter. They're sour. You wouldn't want them. They stink. And Jesus said, I want them. Well, Lucifer said, what will you give? Jesus said in the parable, I'll give you all the silver in the world. Oh, Lucifer said, I want more than silver. Jesus said, I'll get all the gold of the world and I'll heap it on top of the silver. And Lucifer said, that's not enough, that's not enough. And Jesus said in the parable, then what do you want, Lucifer? He said, I want the silver of your tears. I want the gold of your blood. And the years went by and Jesus came to this earth in the story. And he talked to the people and most of the people laughed at him and they, they rejected him. And one night Jesus was in the garden and he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane and he felt a hand come down on his shoulder and he looked up into the leering face of Lucifer, Lucifer who said, I've come, for the, I've come for the price, I've come for the ransom. And in the parable, the next day on an old Roman cross, Jesus paid in full the price for your purchase, the silver of his tears, the gold of his blood, so you can go out of the cage and you can wing your way up into God's blue sky and you can shout, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Listen, why is Jesus good news? You just listen to me, please. My wife always gets scared when I get over here. She says, you're going to fall down there and break your neck, and the meetings will all be finished. I said, don't worry. You'll just come out and do what Einstein did. Listen. If you've got fear, you can't be happy. If you've got hate in your soul, if you hate anybody, you can't be happy. If you've got racism that's burning you up, you can't be happy. These are the factors that destroy people. No man can be free while he has these negative emotions. No man can be free. Don't you sing free at last. Don't sing free at last. Don't talk about freedom. Don't talk about America having freedom. America, many Americans have no freedom at all. 
We talk about freedom and we say this is a land of freedom. I want to tell you while people have got drugs and while people are bound with the chains of sin and crime, they are not free. And while a person is eating himself up with hate and bigotry and and all of those rotten sins, he is not free. But the good news is Jesus will make you free if you come to Jesus. That's freedom. That's freedom. Let freedom ring. But talk is cheap. You know, we talk freedom, talk freedom, talk freedom, and we we sound as though we're all free. No man is free until he is free in Christ. Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, he said, and the truth will make you free. The first part of this message that prepares the world is the message of Jesus. Freedom. And you and I need it. And you and I can have it. But I want to say to you, my American friends, just listen to me. Talk is cheap. All of this will do us no good unless we come to Christ and believe the good news. Now read on with me. Revelation 14, verse 7. Back to this message of the three angels, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to Him. The hour of His judgment has come. We've come to the very end of time. Worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Here is a great message, and it talks about the gospel. Now, we've talked about the gospel today, but it also talks about our Creator God. It says, worship him who made heaven and earth. You say, does it really matter what I believe about creationism? Does it really matter what I believe about origins? There are three big questions that people must answer if and answer in a proper way if they're going to have freedom. The first one is, where did I come from? Am I a cosmic accident? Am I simply the product of time plus matter plus chance? Did I just arrive on this planet by accident? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Is there a purpose to human existence? Why am I here today? Is there a purpose to existence? And the next question is, where am I going? This book, the Bible tells me, I did not come up through the slimy swamps. I did not come up, my friend, through an animal ancestry. I came down from the hand of Almighty God. You are made in the image of God. Don't put yourself down. Don't put yourself down. No man can be cheap if he believes in the doctrine of creationism. I am a creationist. I believe that Almighty God made me. I believe that I am a son of the Prince himself. I believe that even though I am a fallen uh, son, I believe that even though I am a sinner, I am still made in the image of God. Man is made in the image of God. Man is unspeakably glorious. When you understand what a glorious being you are, you'll start to live as God wants you to live. Worship Him who made heaven and earth. Worship the Creator God. Come down a little further. 
Read on with me the heart of this message. Verse 8, another angel followed them saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city. And verse 9, then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone, that means you and me, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead, or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Man alive. Notice this. The message that gets people ready for the harvest, the battle of Armageddon, the end of the world, talks about the gospel. And we've talked about it. It talks about the hour of God's judgment, and we've alluded to it. It talks about God, our Creator, and it warns against a great system which is called Babylon. I'm going to show you next week that the very philosophy of the old Babylonians that we spoke about last Tuesday night has permeated the Western world. It is in the thinking of millions where it's a vast apostate religious system. And then it talks, the third angel's message talks about the beast. And it talks about the image of the beast. And bless your heart, friend, it also talks about the mark of the beast. You just listen here. Are you listening? You just listen here. The Bible says that God is going to have a message in the last days. And that great message is going to cause a revolution in the earth. That message is going to get people ready for the greatest event in the history of the human race. It is a message that talks about the goodness of God, the grace of God, the glory of Jesus. And it, and it warns, my friend, against this triple apostasy, the beast, the image of the beast, and the mark of the beast. The beast is the Antichrist. Now, people have said to me around the world, They've come to me, Christians and all types of religions, they've come to me and they've said, uh, John Carter, we love your meetings, we got a blessing out of them, but we wish that you would not tell the people who the beast is. Don't tell them about uh, the image of the beast. Don't tell them about the mark of the beast. They, they can't take those things in. What an insult to the people. Listen, I want to say in the name of of the Lord who sent me to talk to you. Listen. If you, sitting there, or you, or you, if you want to understand the truth, if you want to understand the Bible prophecies, if you want to have a spiritual revolution, if you want to have a spiritual revelation, then you must understand the identity about the beast, the image, and the mark of the beast, and God helping us, God helping us, please God, we plan by the grace of God to be true to you and true to the God of heaven. And this coming week, we're going to have thousands of people come here and discover who the beast is and what the mark of the beast is because we want those people by the grace of Christ to be saved in the kingdom. You hear that? And we're going to start on Tuesday night. 
I had the privilege, I've had the privilege of speaking on these subjects to the greatest crowds around the world. I want to tell you folks, listen to me. We live in a superficial age. We live in an age when people are afraid to, to really get into truth. We live in an age when, when so many Christians are afraid of truth. I want to tell you, my friend, God has a message for you and he wants that message to get inside you and he wants that message to revitalize you and, and, and build you up and he wants to give you hope and he wants to give you peace and he wants to give you power and he wants to give you the truth and he wants to give you a place in his kingdom. He wants you to be there, my friend, when the kingdom comes. He's got a mansion prepared for you got a mansion prepared for you and he wants you to have it look at verse 12 revelation 14 and verse 12 please here it is here is the patience of the saints here are those who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus that's a very interesting passage, as you'll discover next week. We're going to discover next week that the great Antichrist has deceived the whole wide world and has tampered with the commandments. Right at the very end of time, God is going to call out of the world from every different nation, ethnic group, people who are going to be transformed radically, transformed by the good news of Jesus, and they're going to keep the commandments of God. Those people are going to be the citizens of the brand new world. And listen, I know one thing. Whenever that great message of truth is preached, as I have preached it in Africa and around the world, the devil hates it. He hates the truth. He does everything to stop people from hearing that truth, and he does everything to stop men who ought to teach the truth from teaching it. So many people know these things, but they are afraid to teach these things. And we ought to say, God, give us grace to be true to you and not worry about what people are going to say about us, but to preach and to teach the truth, the whole truth. Now listen. This meeting this afternoon is laying down the foundation. Uh, can you understand what I'm trying to do? Can you see this? You see, the kingdom of God is going to come. God is going to have a people who are going to be ready. And the people who are going to be ready are going to be people who in faith and intelligence have come to understand the message of the three angels. That's the message that we put up there very briefly over on the blackboard. They are going to be a people who have intelligently in faith 
accepted the message of God and that message is going to do a tremendous change in their lives. It's going to give them joy and peace and power and it's going to give them the love of God in their souls and they're going to be people who at last are going to be with Christ in his kingdom. That's what's going to happen. So, what should I do today? What should I do today? Where does this leave me today? What should I do today? Now, there are some things that you don't understand about this message. I understand that. But you'll understand on Tuesday night a little more. And on Wednesday night, you'll understand a little more. And on Thursday night, when we talk about Antichrist in action, America beware, you'll understand even more. You'll be stunned and amazed, but you'll say this is the truth because this great meeting has overturned nations. It has caused tremendous convulsions in the world. And on Friday night, we're going to talk on the dark deeds of the Antichrist. And when you hear those things, you will understand more about this great message. But listen, come to this present moment. What should I do now? What should I do? Sitting here in the Shrine Auditorium this afternoon, what should I do? Let me tell you what I think we ought to do. You and I ought to come to Jesus Christ and get to know Him as a friend and as our Savior. We need to come to Christ. You say, how does a person do that? I'm a Jew. How does a Jew come to Christ? Same way as a Gentile does. How does a white man come to Christ? Exactly the same way as a black man. We come in faith. And we say, I'm going to believe in this man, Jesus. And he's going to be the king of my life. That's what I want you to do. This Bible that uh, I love so very much tells a story about a woman who apparently had a bleeding cancer. And the Bible says, the New Testament says, that apparently she'd had it for about 12 years. And uh, it says that she'd spent all her money on doctors and she wasn't any better, but she was worse, as is often the case. And after 12 years, she heard that Jesus would be going through her village. It's a great story. It's a wonderful story. And as Jesus went along the road, and there must have been thousands of people there because Jesus was healing the sick. Jesus can do anything, you see. Anything but let you down. And as Jesus went through this little village, this woman knew that Jesus was coming. And there was a tremendous crowd of people, thousands of people like uh, we have here today. And as Jesus went by, she didn't think anybody was watching. And as Jesus went by, she put forth a trembling finger and she touched the hem of his garment. Thousands of people there, every, uh, kids yelling, uh, animals there as they are in the Middle East, down a little village street, people pushing and shoving, they wanted to touch the Messiah. And when that woman, only one woman in a crowd of thousands, when she reached out her finger and touched Jesus, Jesus stopped. 
How on earth Jesus could tell that he'd been touched because thousands of people were touching him? But when she touched Jesus, Jesus stopped and he said, somebody has touched me. And the disciples said, Lord, uh, don't be crazy. There are thousands of people touching you. Why do you say somebody has touched you? Jesus said, I can tell the difference. Power has gone out from me. Jesus could tell the difference between a careless brush and a touch of faith. And Jesus said, somebody has touched me. And he said, I want the person who touched me. And they said, Lord, there are thousands of people. Jesus said, there is somebody who has just touched me. And when the woman realized that she couldn't be hidden, she came up and she fell down at the feet of Jesus. And she said, I'm the one who touched you. And in the moment when she touched Jesus, the flow of blood stopped. The cancer was immediately healed when she touched Jesus. Jesus touched her and Jesus healed her. And then Jesus said to her, there she was on her knees in the dirty street, but she was now a new person. She was a brand new person. A miracle had happened to her. She was, she was revitalized. She had a new blood in her veins. She was a new person. She had a new attitude. And she was, she was kneeling there before the Lord. And Jesus said to her, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace, he said. Your faith has saved you. Do you want to be changed from an ordinary person into an extraordinary person? Do you want to have power in your life? Do you want to have a victory over hate and all of these malignant emotions that drag us down? Do you want to be truly liberated? Do you want to have this experience that is going to lift you up and prepare you for the kingdom of God? Do you want that? Then you, if you want it, Reach out a hand of faith and touch Jesus.